Good day and welcome to the special coverage and podcast for the this season's UEFA Champions League finals. Wherever you are tuning into this episode from, whether you are in the USA, on the African continent, North America, South America, Asia, Europe, and Oceania. Welcome to today's podcast, Friday, the 27th of May, 2022. This is your most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform, as well as on other platform post-recording on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify with yours truly Philip Alimo and I've got love for sports and undoubtedly the greatest club competition on earth on today's episode we'll be taking a trip down memory lane as the third decade of the UEFA Champions League draws to a close. Yes, we're celebrating 30 years of the UEFA Champions League finals. On today's episode, we have picked out the most memorable games from those finals involving some of the most decorated players and managers of the modern game. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the greatest moment from every UEFA Champions League campaign so far. And as always, don't forget to share the link to this podcast to your friends, family, and network to download the calling app and subscribe to the UEFA Champions League show as well as subscribe to the UEFA Champions League show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Sit back relax and enjoy this special coverage and special edition of the uefa champions league show all eyes turn to the stade de france in saint denis paris for this season's uefa champions league final between liverpool and Real Madrid. Liverpool sealed their place in European club's football showpiece after beating Villarreal 5-2 on aggregate in the semi-finals, whilst Real Madrid defeated Manchester City 6-5 on aggregate to qualify for this year's UEFA Champions League final. Since Olympic Marseille, won the first revamped European Cup competition, which is now known as the UEFA Champions League in 1993. There have been 28 finals played with teams from seven different countries, France, Italy, the Netherlands, Germany, Spain, England, and Portugal victorious. Real Madrid lead the way with seven UEFA Champions League final victories. 
Spanish rivals Barcelona have four UEFA Champions League final victories. AC Milan have three. Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Manchester United and Liverpool have two each. Then Olympic Marseille, Juventus, Ajax, Borussia Dortmund, Porto and Inter Milan have one apiece. We've picked out some of the most memorable matches from those finals involving some of the most decorated players and managers of the modern game. And hope you enjoy this episode. It is my greatest Champions League finals in history. In no particular order, my 10, these are my 10 most memorable UEFA Champions League finals in no particular order. The Champions League is a competition that is absolutely dripping with renown and prestige. Whilst many still champion domestic glory over European, a view that varies depending on your nationality, club's history, and more often than not, which competition your team, your team happens to be doing better in at that particular time. For the bulk of European fans, the Champions League is the absolute pinnacle of club football as befits a competition that is so coveted and possesses such a rich history it has produced some utterly reverting finals narrowing this list down to just 10 has been a tough old tax and there will undoubtedly be among those of you who vehemently disagree with some of their inclusions and will be fuming at the mouth with some of the omissions. To those people, I say, unlucky, this is my list, my rules, and my memories. Also, it is important to note that this list is dealing explicitly with the UEFA Champions League finals, not European Cup finals. I know this is rubbing Nottingham Forest of their back-to-back victories in the 1970s and neglecting Romanian football's crowning moment from 1986. But it's post-1993 only. Sorry about that. So, in no particular order, we begin with Barcelona versus Manchester United in 2011. But before this game, Manchester United admit Barcelona in the 2009 final and lost to Barcelona. So this final was supposed to be a revenge for Manchester United, but it was a repeat of the 2009 victory for Barcelona. Throughout history, every truly great footballer has had a final or the tournament that defines them. Diego Maradona had a 1986 World Cup. Pelé had a 1958 World Cup. Cristiano Ronaldo had a 2015-2016 Champions League and the 2016-2017 Champions League and the 2017-2018 Champions League. Remember, Cristiano Ronaldo is the player with the most UEFA Champions League trophies in the history of the game in modern era. Unfortunately for Manchester United, 
the 2010-2011 Champions League final was Lionel Messi's crowning tournament. Wembley played host to the Argentine Magician's Masterclass that saw him terrorize Manchester United for almost the entire 90 minutes with his goal helping Barcelona to a 3-1 romp that in truth could have been even worse for Manchester United. Whilst Manchester United fans will never be content with losing, they can perhaps take some solace in the fact that they fell short against arguably the greatest footballer of all time in Lionel Messi and arguably the greatest club side of all time in Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. We will take excerpts of the game between Manchester United and Barcelona in 2009 before taking reactions from the 2011 Champions League final. Goals from Samuel Eto'o and Lionel Messi in the 2009 UEFA Champions League finals guided Barcelona to victory in the final against Manchester United. Let's take excerpts of that moment. So that is the 2009 UEFA Champions League final. The 2011 UEFA Champions League final was supposed to be revenge for Manchester United or a repeat of the 2009 victory for Barcelona. Barcelona won their first European Cup in 1992 when they overcame Sampdoria at Wembley. They then returned to Wembley in 2011 and won the Champions League when they defeated Manchester United. Pep Guardiola was involved in both games as a player in 1992, then a manager in 2011. Pep Guardiola, after winning the 2011 Champions League final, beating Manchester United by three goals to one, had this to say, and this was his reactions after the game. Pep, was that one of the best performances your Barcelona side have ever given you? One of the best, yeah. And it's one of the best because sometimes you make for performance in uh, important games, but not important games like, like this one. So we're so happy for to win, of course. But 
we were so so happy to show to the world uh, our way to play, to keep the ball, to try to attack in front one of absolutely one of the best teams of the world because uh, they show they they can play. Uh, we we spoke uh, many many times in this week. We were playing the same level under two years ago. We are not going to win with this team. We have to be all double too aggressive. What we did in Roma and uh, we did it and uh, with the ball uh, again we, 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 we could contact with with the four three small guys with uh, with Bush in the midfielder and through the pass 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 and pass create the chances so we are so happy because we are beaten one of the best teams of the world and uh, we are so proud of, I am so grateful for these players three titles and two Champions League now would you now put this current side alongside the dream team of 92 without the dream team 92 we would we will not we would not be here so uh, always there in the moment we start start Cruyff and Rashak in that time and they show they teach us they show us the way we have to play and uh, we continue we follow this, this idea and uh we try to play with the good players, to young players, and we have to buy some players to continue in this level, at least to arrive in the end of the golden competitions until the end. Sometimes win, sometimes can lose, but at least to show the world you can play good football. Lastly, can you tell me about the decision for Eric Abidal to lift the trophy? And also as well, you, you hinted a couple of times pre or in the build-up to this competition that perhaps you might... Surely you could walk away from this, could you? No, it's a decision of our captain. That's why we have. That's why we have this captain. That's why our locker room uh, are good. So uh, two months, two months and a half, three months and a half, Abidal had a, a cancer, and he suffered, and he with his family, and he recovered. And uh, uh, I think Puyol uh, showed to the our team his teammates to the club to the rest of the world how is the the level of the human beings of these guys so you are versus as a coach as a privilege to to train this this kind of guys and will you be the coach next season do you think Sorry? will you be the coach next season in barcelona i have one year the contract yeah well, um, okay, thank you bye-bye that is pep Guardiola speaking moments after guiding barcelona to winning the Champions League trophy in 2011. The next memorable final for me in the history of the Champions League finals is that 2002 finals between Real Madrid and Bayer Leverkusen. Some finals are remembered for dramatic comebacks. Some are fondly recalled for the pithing of one truly great side against another. Others are looked back on as being outright fantastic games of football. However, some just come down to one incredible moment, one miraculous goal. A brilliant pass played down on the left flank, a hopeful cross lopped up towards the penalty area, a mercurial Frenchman poised for what feels like an eternity. A left-footed volley timed to perfection. A helpless goalkeeper and a bulging net. The Champions League final has played host 
to some incredible goals over its 30-year inception. But Zinedine Zidane's mesmerizing volley to hand Real Madrid's Galacticos the trophy surely tops them all. Let's take excerpts of that moment when Real Madrid beat Bayern Leverkusen by two goals to one in the 2002 UEFA Champions League finals. At Hampton Park in a final 42 years ago against Eintracht Frankfurt, it's German opposition again in Glasgow as they face Bayern Leverkusen. Roberto Carlos, the quick throw that catches out Leverkusen. So that is the moment Real Madrid won their ninth UEFA Champions League trophy in 2002. This final is memorable for two key reasons. One, this final announced the emergence of goalkeeping legend Ike Casillas. A young Ike Casillas at just 16 years replaced injured Caesar who started the final. After this game, Ike Casillas never looked back and went on to become and become Real Madrid's number one goalkeeper until he left the club. He's gone on to achieve many laurels in the beautiful game of soccer and as far as the game is concerned in modern era. Second, why this game is memorable 
is that stunning volley from again another legend of the beautiful game Zinedine Zidane my yet another memorable final in the history of the Champions League is the Inter versus Bayern Munich 2010 UEFA Champions League final the context and wider reaching implications of a Champions League victory are more often important than the game itself. This was certainly the case when Jose Mourinho's interside overcame Bayern Munich at the Santiago Bernabeu in Madrid. That victory gave the Italian giants their first UEFA Champions League or European Cup since the 1960s, during which time they had been forced to watch their bitter intercity rivals AC Milan lift the trophy on seven occasions, as well as breaking their 45-year drought. It also provided the black and blue side of Milan, which is Inter Milan, with an unprecedented treble that season. This clash also makes it to this list of most memorable Champions League final because it sets an example of the Champions League's ability to immortalize a player. Diego Milito's delightful double that sealed Inter Milan's 2-0 victory will ensure that the Argentine's name is remembered for a very long time in the folklore of Champions League finals history. Let's take moments, excerpts of the moments, a double from Diego Milito helped Jose Mourinho's Inter Milan overcome Bayern Munich 2-0 in Madrid for their first success in the history of the competition for 45 years. The 2010 UEFA Champions League final is between Inter and Bayern, two sides boasting their own Dutch superstars. And this match at the Bonabeu, a chance for either Jose Mourinho or Louis van Gaal to win this trophy for a second time. No long with it this time, Inter. Diego Melito, Schneider, back to Melito again! Interrupting the scoring in the final. Diego Melito with it. And delights to the Nuritori fans in Madrid tonight. Melito. Twisting, turning, Melito does it again! That might just wrap it up for Inter! There's no question, Melito is the hero. Inter are European champions for the first time since 1965. Tears for the captain, Avi It will be the team from Syria who lift the trophy. This final stands out for again two reasons. Jose Moreno led this Inter Milan team to win their first UEFA Champions League title in 45 years. And that year, they achieved an unprecedented treble in Italian football. They won the Champions League, the league title, which is the Scudetto, and also won the League Cup, which is the Coppa Italia in Italy. That season 
something notable also happened to one African footballer who today is a legend and now the president of Cameroonian Football Association. I'm sure your guess is as good as mine. You know whom I'm speaking about now, Samuel Eto. Samuel Eto played for Barcelona the season before and won the treble with Barcelona in 2009. They won the Spanish Cup. They went on to win the La Liga title and beat Manchester United in the final to win the treble that season. The following season in 2010, in a swap deal, Inter Milan transferred Zlatan Ibrahimovic from Inter Milan to Barcelona and Samuel Eto from Barcelona to Inter Milan. And Samuel Eto, guess what happened? Won the treble with Inter Milan in 2010 and made history that year. Till date, still stands is the only footballer on earth to have won two back-to-back trebles in the history of the beautiful game yet another final that for me stood out is the 1997 uefa champions league finals between dortmund and juventus this finals i dub it the battle of david and goliath for many of my Christian friends. The 1997 final told the classic story of the prevailing underdog when Borussia Dortmund overcame a much fancied Juventus side at the home of their Bundesliga rivals Bayern Munich. The old lady of Italian football Juventus entered the fixture with a domestic double already wrapped up and looking to defend their crown having beaten Ajax in the final of the Champions League the previous year. Dortmund, by comparison, had failed to even top their group, and despite picking up an impressive victory over Manchester United in the semi-final, few believed Borussia Dortmund were capable of toppling a Zinedine Zidane-inspired Juventus. However, Borussia Dortmund shocked everyone with a 3-1 victory that saw them capture their first and only European Cup till date. Amongst the scorers was substitute Lars Rickin, the Dortmund native who scored with his first touch of the game after just 16 seconds on the Bavarian turf. On this particular episode, I'll be giving you a flashback from all the key characters who played a very important role to ensure Borussia Dortmund won their first ever UEFA Champions League title in 
Bon, c'est toujours difficile parce qu'une finale, bon, c'est toujours un match particulier parce que c'est un seul match. C'est vrai que bon, on nous donne le favori, c'est normal parce que bon, on a gagné beaucoup cette année, et on a fait de très très grands matchs, mais bon, on sait que Dortmund est une équipe difficile qui physiquement euh, est l'une des, des quelques équipes en Europe qui réussira certainement à nous contrer physiquement. Donc on sait qu'on aura un adversaire qui sera très motivé et ça sera difficile pour nous de gagner. Die Mannschaft ist, ist total heiß, dass wir dieses Spiel gewinnen können. Und äh, wenn man auch ohne Freude reingehen wird, dann wäre das sicherlich auch nicht das Richtige. Ich war nur nervös, ich war nicht nervös in irgendeiner Form. Ich habe immer gesehen, ein Team passt, wenn ich hier ein Pendel habe. Und das war das letzte World Cup, ein Serie A-Titel, ein Bundesliga-Titel. Das war die Magnitude des Games, das war nicht speak highly enough for the Dortmund fans. You, you can't because of the way they are and the colour that they, they portray their club. Getting to the stadium, I just remember it being full, half a yellow black, half black and white. And the atmosphere was huge. Das Olympiastadion von München, das sonst rote Rundu getränkt in schwarz und gelb. Der BVB vor dem größten Spiel der Vereinsgeschichte. Die Minuten vor einem Champions-League-Finale sind ruhig, solange der Trainer in der Kabine ist und die Mannschaft macht das Aufwärmen. Wenn die Mannschaft wieder reinkommt, der Trainer muss vielleicht noch mal ein, zwei Sätze zur Mannschaft sprechen. Muss nochmals die Mannschaft kurz ansprechen, ihr Mut zusprechen, die Mannschaft pushen, den Glauben an den, an den Sieg nochmals geben, auf die besondere Situation hinweisen und dann ja, geht schon los. Ich habe jetzt nicht mehr groß geschaut, wo ich ihn hinschießen möchte, sondern einfach drauf gehalten.
gesagt, das war schon fast oder war eigentlich die Entscheidung, weil mit 2-0 war klar, wir haben eine gute Mannschaft auch und vor allem auch nach hinten, dass wir den Vorsprung wahrscheinlich auch verteidigen können. 1-0 ist immer gefährlich, aber das 2-0 war auch so ein typisches Tor vielleicht für mich in meiner ganzen Karriere. sehr äh, aufs Tor gedrückt und äh, natürlich mit dem Anschlusstreffer, das war dann, äh, äh, ja, dann war es eigentlich schon fast nochmal offen, das Spiel. Ich hatte mir schon in der Halbzeit den Zeh gebrochen bei einer Aktion und äh, ich habe dann schon zur Hitzfeld gesagt, ich musste eine Spritze kriegen in, in den kleinen Zeh rein und äh, es war total schmerzhaft und ich konnte dann auch irgendwann immer richtig laufen und dann hat man ja den Wechsel gemacht. Der Rutzel stand äh, eigentlich ständig zu weit äh, vorm Tor. Mit dem Gedanken bin ich tatsächlich auch ins Spiel gegangen. Ja, Peruzzi steht zu weit vorm Tor, Peruzzi steht zu weit vorm Tor. Nur so wie sich die Situation dann entwickelte, so wie Andreas Müller mir nach weiß nicht, fünf Sekunden war es, glaube ich, den Ball dann reingespielt hat, war es die beste aller Möglichkeiten. Ich glaube, im Fernsehen spielen die Kommentatoren dann auch äh, Lupfen. Das weiß ich noch ganz genau, weil äh, der, der Spieler das umgesetzt hat. Wenn ich habe gesagt, Glas, jetzt kommst du rein und machst noch das entscheidende Tor. Man ist ja als Trainer immer Optimist und äh, das äh, gehört dazu, dass man immer wieder auch den Ersatzspielern Selbstvertrauen gibt und das Unmögliche wahrzumachen. Von zehn Versuchen klappt er wahrscheinlich neunmal nicht. Aber dieses einmal hat es geklappt. Schicksal meinte es gut und äh, ja, danach waren ja noch glaube ich 15 oder 20 Minuten zu spielen, äh, ja, daran kann ich mich gar nicht mehr erinnern, weil dieses 3 zu 1 bedeutete ja die Entscheidung und man fieberte eigentlich nur noch den Abtief entgegen. Jetzt ist Ende. Borussia Dortmund 
auf dem Thron Europas. München leuchtet schwarz und gelb. Als Außenseiter gestartet. Als Champion ins Ziel gekommen. It wasn't until later on somebody said to me, you won't realise what you've done until later on in, in years gone by and it was true, playing for the club and, and doing what we've done, I think it was uh, yeah, one of the proudest things that I've done. Der Champions League Sieger 1997 heißt Borussia Dortmund. Gefühl kann ich jetzt nicht mehr genau beschreiben, aber es war natürlich ein unglaubliches Glücksgefühl, was man vielleicht einmal im Leben äh, wirklich vorfindet bei, bei jemandem. Und es war natürlich äh, toll, diese äh, Trophäe irgendwann mal in der Hand zu halten und nach oben zu stemmen. Ich glaube, äh, von jedem ja, von dem träumt eigentlich jedes Kind und es äh, war ein Wahnsinnserlebnis. Ich meine, wir können es wirklich schon nicht richtig fassen und ähm, wir sind alle unwahrscheinlich stolz, was wir geleistet haben. Wir sind die beste Mannschaft Europas. You never really think um, what the Champions League means to you until you've actually done it. And uh, I think going back to Dortmund was a sight to behold. 600,000 people. It was phenomenal to see that. People hanging from trees, from traffic lights, the square of the city. But the adulation we got going back, I've never encountered something like that. The celebration, I think, lasted two or three days. And, uh, yeah, it was just an incredible moment. That was the incredible moment. Underdogs, Borussia Dortmund, beat the well-fancied Juventus 3-1 in the 1997 UEFA Champions League final to win their first ever uefa champions league title till date yet another memorable finals in the history of the champions league is the 2018 champions league when real madrid beat liverpool by three goals to one real madrid's recent uefa champions league exploits have been nothing short of sensational having claimed europe's top prize in four of the previous five tournaments, including back-to-back -back victories in the last three. Los Blancos could have easily filled another couple of places on this list. However, as impressive as the 4-1 annihilation of Juventus was in 2017, and as dramatic as the 93rd-minute equalizer and subsequent extra-time goal against intercity rivals atletico madrid was back in 2014 this 2018 champions league finals where real madrid defeated jogging clubs liverpool by three goals to one had absolutely everything there were two goalkeeping haulers by devastated Luis Kairos, an injury to Liverpool starman Mohamed Salah and Sergio Ramos as the maligned villain 
in this game. Oh, and there was also an acrobatic Garrett Bale volley, which arguably disposed its manager as the owner of the greatest Champions League final goal in history. Whilst the wounds of that year's loss was still fresh and undoubtedly still a little tender, Liverpool were able to overcome Tottenham the following season in what would become or would go a long way to hating their recovery. This weekend, on the 28th of May in Paris, Liverpool have an opportunity to revenge against Real Madrid or Real Madrid would repeat a dose of the 2018 final. Liverpool can take heart from the fact that their current goalkeeper, Alisson, has been in formidable form this season and will be thinking surely that can't, they can't be unfortunate enough to fall victim to another outrageously unacceptable goal for the second final since 2018. Can they? Gareth Bale's stunning overhead kick in Kiev secured an unprecedented third consecutive UEFA Champions League crown for Real Madrid, meaning Zinedine Zidane left the Santiago Bernabeu with three UEFA Champions League titles from three attempts, which is a record in the history of the competition. Let's take excerpts of that final in Kiev. In the tunnel, 79 teams from 54 UEFA associations have been involved in this season's UEFA Champions League. So, he's crying, he's out. What a shot for Liverpool and their supporters in adversity. It's almost straight forward to Liverpool. It's a goal! Extraordinary! Benzema taking advantage of the error by Carrius. It's casual, it's careless. That cross now delivers the corner kick. Lovren up. And it's been touched in for the equalising goal. Sadio Mane. Liverpool level. Nice some room for Romaldo to try and manoeuvre an opening. Marcelo. He's got three to pick out. It's the spectacular. It's Gareth Bale. gone for it and it's gone straight through the goalkeeper's hand it's over and Real Madrid have won their third consecutive UEFA Champions League what a night in Kiev this was the moment Real Madrid won their third UEFA Champions League title Yet another stunning moment in the history of the Champions League finals was the 2012 UEFA Champions League final when Chelsea beat Bayern Munich to win the Champions League final in a dramatic final in Munich. The story of this final was redemption. 
It is simple as that. Bayern Munich were looking to clinch their first Champions League in over a decade after falling short against Mourinho's Inter Milan two years before. Chelsea had also tasted final heartache at the hands of Premier League rivals Manchester United following John Terry's infamous penalty shootout slip. The men from the Stanford Bridge had their resolve strengthened even further after a highly contentious semi-final exit at the hands of Barcelona in 2009, which prompted allegations of corruption and led to a Didier Drogba outburst in which he called the match officials a disgrace. However, Chelsea and Drogba got the last laugh as the Ivorian international scored the equaliser to take the game into extra time, as well as the winning penalty in the shootout, handing Chelsea their first UEFA Champions League trophy. We'll take excerpts of that dramatic final in Munich as Chelsea beat Bayern Munich on penalties. Into the Bayern Den, Chelsea go. Welcome to Munich. One trophy, two teams, a huge night ahead. Oh, a penny for the thoughts of those two. Here we go. It's Chelsea against FC Bayern München in the 2012 UEFA Champions League final. Another jinking one from him. Muller's peeled away, and finally the breakthrough! Thomas Muller might just have won it for Bayern! Well, it was well worth the wait for Bayern. Fabulous ball to find Muller, and what a good header! Mata scampers over to take. This is pretty much last chance to lose. Oh, Dropper is out! Didier Dropper! It just had to be! On possibly his last appearance for the club, he's equalised. Oh, Dropper, that was clumsy. It's a penalty. What a chance for Bayern in extra time. Bayern Robert, former Chelsea man, up against Petr Cech. It's Robin. It's saved! Will Chelsea somehow still cling on to hope? Here we go. It is a high behind the sofa type of moment. Philippe Lahm. As cool as you like. From Philippe Lahm. Massa. Oh, it's saved! Advantage point! It's a bullet. To the rescue for Chelsea. The end of A sudden death shootout all of a sudden. And it's hit the post. Didier Drogba to win the UEFA Champions League for Chelsea. Drogba against Neuer. A new name on the trophy. Chelsea are kings of Europe in Bayern's backyard. Roberto Di Matteo 
leads the celebrations. It's Chelsea's year. So that was the moment Chelsea recovered from their 2008 defeat in the Champions League against Manchester United and went on to beat Bayern in the 2012 final. Yet another incredible moment in the history of the Champions League final was when Jose Mourinho led Porto to a 3-0 win against Monaco in the 2004 UEFA Champions League final. Who remembers Jose Mourinho without a grey hair? <laughs> the smiling, fresh-faced manager boxing in the glory of his first UEFA Champions League trophy cuts a dissentingly different figure to the weary cantankerous man we have grown accustomed to seeing towards the end of his Manchester United reign. This final is not only significant because it marked the beginning of the special one and remains arguably Jose Mourinho's greatest managerial achievement on a long list of achievements. During the course of the week, Jose Mourinho became the first coach to win all three major European trophies. He's won five. He's won the Champions League twice with Porto, with Inter Milan, the UEFA Europa League trophy with Manchester United and with Porto and just recently won the newly inaugurated UEFA Europa Conference League with AS Roma. But also because it is the only final to date that has been contested by two out-and-out outdogs. It's the more reason why this final stands out. Neither Monaco nor Porto entered the tournament expected to do any better than reaching a quarterfinal. Yet, both sides defied the hearts, picking up some big scalps on their way to the final in Germany. Unfortunately for Monaco, Despite beating Real Madrid and Chelsea on their remarkable run to the final, they were soundly beaten by a Deco-inspired Porto in a game which kick-started Jose Mourinho's sensational managerial career. Jose Mourinho undoubtedly is indeed the special one. Let's take excerpts of that game. Into the middle. Oh, Alberto has guided in the first goal of the final. Very good finish. Deco. And the chef is wide. Deco gets it back. He's been outstanding. And he's made it 2 0. This looks beyond Monaco here. They're looking for more Porto. They're not done. Elanicek, the substitute, is in and seals the success for Porto. It's beyond doubt now. They have been sitting.
simply sensational in Germany tonight. Porto, 3-0 winners against Monaco. And they are the European champions. Jose Mourinho has masterminded this success. For the first time since 1987, Porto are the champions of Europe. That is the moment Jose Mourinho's Porto beat Monaco to win the 2004 UEFA Champions League finals, which announced the arrival of Jose Mourinho on the big stage of European football. Yet another memorable Champions League final was the Bayern Munich Manchester United final in 1999 with the 23-year reunion fixture taking place later in the course of the year and Manchester United fans still do hide rapturous yet fell-on adoration about how well David Beckham can still kick a football the scene of Manchester United's greatest triumph seems an apt admission to this list. The 1999 final is easily similar to Inter Milan's triumph in 2010. In both examples, the eventual winners were seeking their first taste of glory since the 1960s. The victory resulted in an unprecedented treble and Bayern Munich were the fortunate were the unfortunate casualties. However, the final had added layers of drama that its 2010 counterpart cannot match. Manchester United entered the game without two of their key players, with Paul Scholes and Roy Keane having picked up suspensions en route to the final, forcing the Red Devils to promote the less eroded Nicky Butt and Jasper to the starting lineup. The weakened Red Devils seemed destined to fall just short as they were entered as they entered injury time, trailing by a goal. Two substitutes in the form of Teddy Sheriham and Manchester United legend and coach in the past. Oli Gonasoshare clearly had other ideas, however. Sheriam struck first to seemingly take the game into extra time before Ole Gonasoshare's 93rd minute winner ensured that the trophy would be heading back to Manchester and that the Norwegian striker would be heading into Old Trafford folklore. I'll be giving you excerpts of that game as we would also hear from Sir Alex Ferguson and the goalkeeper for Manchester United on that night when they stand Bayern Munich to win the 1999 UEFA Champions League final. And that goalkeeper is Peter Schmeichel. So we'll take excerpts of the 1999 finals, but in this episode, We'll hear from Sir Alex Ferguson and Peter Michael on what the 1999 victory meant for them. 
is a one game where anything can happen. I think we proved that beyond any doubt. If you're down with, say, 15 minutes ago, gamble, risk. Some of the greatest moments in my time at United are the last 15 minutes. unscientific, it can't be proved. But when the chip hit the bar, I didn't turn around at first because I knew that was too near. When I saw it hit the bar and it came straight back to me, I knew we were going to win. When Yanka hit the bar, I knew that wasn't going in. And I don't know if that's the truth, but in my mind, I know that if it's actually going in, I'm saving it. There's no point in being conservative and playing a normal game because it hasn't worked for 75 minutes. So, risk. Yes, we could have been two or three down by that time, but uh, the, the determination, the persistence, and perseverance of the team got through. What really gets me is, is the stories of people that come up and tell me all the time of their experiences in the camp now, or where they were at that time. You know, I had friends, and the, my friends were sat in the corner, in actually where the corner was taken from. Um, and they say, they tell me stories about their celebration. That celebration was crazy. They went and they were hugging everybody and kissing people they've never met in their life. And, you know, and one of my friends, he was like that. And then he realized, oh, game's not finished yet. I've got to watch it. And he looks around and he's in the middle of the stadium. He's in the middle of the stadium. And he's, I mean, he must have hugged 200 people. I've gone back to my door. I'm breathing. I'm trying to get my breath back, I'm trying to get my pulse in, in an acceptable level and I'm thinking to myself, Peter, game's over. So I'm like that and I, we get a corner here, I'm still like that and we score. I, I like everybody else in this game, can't believe this. So I don't know what I'm doing, but um, I did that, and um, when I was a kid I could do that without my hands, so being 35 years of age I think I was uh, not as easy. I think it was always leveled against uh, a problem myself was of course is I would never win the Champions League, but to win the Finally, won it in '99. Uh, I think it put them to bed, if you know what I mean. All my fears of it and all my inner desires to do it was encapsulated in how we did it that night to, to score the two goals in the last three minutes. You couldn't do it a better way because there was no comeback. You know, if you're going to do something special, as late as that, it's fantastic. That was Sir Alex Ferguson and Peter Schmeichel 
speaking on that fantastic achievement in 1999. In 2008, Manchester United went on to beat Chelsea in a dramatic penalty shootout in the finals in Moscow. And that was Manchester United's second UEFA Champions League trophy after winning the trophy in 1999. Let's speak excerpts of that moment. UEFA Champions League final, an old English affair. Manchester United against Chelsea in Moscow. Sir Alex Ferguson has won this title before. And Chelsea, under Adrian now, have never been European champions. Between Brown and Scholes. Brown will get it in. Ronaldo! That was the moment Manchester United beat fellow Premier League team Chelsea in the 2008 Champions League finals in Moscow, where Chelsea legend and at the time captain of the captain of the team slipped in that dramatic penalty shootout. And this is the first trophy Cristiano Ronaldo won in his first of five UEFA Champions League trophy. Remember, Cristiano Ronaldo is the most decorated player in the history of the Champions League. He's won five UEFA Champions League finals. One with Manchester United, which is the first in 2008, and the rest with Real Madrid. Yet another memorable final in the history of the Champions League is the Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund in 2013. This is an all-German Bundesliga final. The men from Bavaria made their fourth appearance on the list and their first on the winning side. Wembley 
was once again the host stadium as Bayern Munich and Dortmund went head-to-head in the first all-German final in Champions League or European Cup history. Both teams arrived at London having already rested the Bundes, in the Bundesliga back from Dortmund in impressive fashion and with their eyes set on a treble. Both sides had impressed en route to the final with Jürgen Klopp's Borussia Dortmund having managed to overcome Real Madrid on four different occasions across the group stage and the semi-finals and Bayern Munich having ruthlessly dispatched Barcelona in their own semi-final. Despite looking the more dangerous of the two sides, Dortmund went behind to a Mario Mandzukic strike before Marco Royce and his team a penalty to take things to 1-1. In yet another final that yielded a late winner, Ian Robin was the hero. His 89th minute goal was enough to bring the trophy back to Bavaria and eradicate all memories of his penalty miss in the previous year's final. We will take excerpts of that moment when the all-German 2013 UEFA Champions League final as Ian Robin's late strike sealed a dramatic victory for Bayern Munich against Dortmund. Welcome to the 2013 final of the UEFA Champions League. It's the all-German affair at the magnificent Wembley Stadium. So that is the moment Bayern beat Borussia Dortmund to win the all-German 2013 UEFA Champions League final. My number one and top most memorable UEFA Champions League final. Yes. Can you guess? Let me know what your guess is in the comment section of this particular episode. Is the Liverpool versus AC Milan. 
2004-2005 Champions League final. You knew it was coming. As painful as it might be to listen to Liverpool fans bring up the miracle of Istanbul as often as possible, they do so with very good reason. Their miraculous comeback victory against AC Milan is the single greatest Champions League final of all time. 3-0 down at halftime with a team featuring Dijami Toure and Milan Barros up against a star-studded AC Milan side boasting of the likes of Kaka, Paolo Maldini, Andrea Pello, and Andre Shevchenko, to name but a few. The rare talismatic captain almost single-handedly dragged his team back to 3-3. Shevchenko would eventually miss the decisive penalty in the shootout, handing Liverpool the most dramatic and unlikely victory in the history of the Champions League. This will not only be remembered as the greatest final of all time, but also as perhaps the greatest individual Champions League final performance of all time. Steve Gira's second half performance was one of the most inspiring and stirring displays in European football history. We'll be reliving Liverpool's incredible comeback victory over AC Milan in the 2005 Champions League final dubbed the miracle of Istanbul. We'll be taking you with a behind-the-scenes story of how the greatest final in the history of the Champions League unfolded. Let's take a look back at that memorable moment when Liverpool came back from 3-0 down at halftime to take the game to 3-3 in extra time and eventually winning on penalties. I didn't sleep well for the three, four nights before it, you know, the build-up and the adrenaline and I couldn't wait for the game to come about. I'd played the final three, four times mentally before I even walked onto the pitch, so I felt tired and drained. The excitement levels were off the scale. bellissima giornata perché abbiamo raggiunto l'obiettivo che ci eravamo prefissati all'inizio della stagione di arrivare qui a Istanbul e a giocare questa partita a portarla a casa due anni fa eh, direi che la sensazione è molto piacevole insomma addirittura qualcuno ci ha dormito anche insieme ma eh, per dire quanto ci teniamo a questa coppa ma credo che l'esperienza a questo livello sia assolutamente importante però non considero il Liverpool una squadra inesperta naturalmente come ho detto prima la tradizione del passato anche perché è un passato recente conta il Milan in questi anni è sempre stato presente a questi livelli no, io voglio vincere la finale
I hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. It's been a pleasure coming your way with today's edition of the UEFA Champions League podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share with your friends, family and network. Until our next episode, keep well. It's bye for now.